Okay, good morning everyone. Today, Bezrat Hashem will learn Dafnun Gimel in Maseches Pesachim. The goal is the R.A. Leibowitz uh, finish line of Nun Gimel Amad Beis, the Mishnah, uh, at the wide lines, as we will see. And tomorrow is Agarata, some of the most famous in Shas. Today, we begin 14 lines up, as we said, where it says, Rabbi Eloi Katz Kafniyasa Dishviz. What did Rabbi Eloi do? He chopped down palm trees, right, with the date berries of Shemitah. The discussion that we're going to, that this launches, this is like a new topic, which is good. Uh, the discussion that this launches, where is this coming from? It's coming from, we talked about Shemitah. You know, how do you get rid of Shemitah produce? You can't, are you not allowed to uh, do so? There is an iser to destroy it. The question is, at what point does it become produce? In other words, there is a growth stage of the fruit, okay? And so at the very, very immature stage, there may still be a situation where it's not yet considered fruit before it's ripe, we'll call it. And at, some, and at that point, there may not be an iser yet to destroy it because it's not, because the Pasuk says that you're supposed to destroy the fruit as we'll see. Hechi Avid Hachi. So the first question is, how is he allowed to cut down the date berries? After all, that is a destruction of the Shemitah produce. As the Pasuk says, Le'achla Amarachmana Velo Lehefseid. So the first question is, the Kasha. The only time you're allowed to take, so to speak, to harvest, right? To take the fruits. Remember, the idea is to work the land. That's what's Asr and Shemitah. To take the fruits is okay. Okay, but the thing is, well, that's not what Rabbi Lai did. He was chopping down the, the palm tree, right? Because it was in the middle of his backyard and he wanted to make a baseball field, let's say. So he wasn't taking it la'achla. The Pasuk said la'achla, right? Velola Hef said. So what allowed Rabbi Lai to take it off? So you say, so maybe you'll say that when that where it says that you are supposed to chop it down in order to eat, that's only when the fruits are ripe. Maybe you'll say that the reason why Rabbi Lai was able to chop down this tree was because the fruit was not yet ripe, which, as we will see. Perhaps that is what we're saying. But this stage, if you're going to say that that's the answer, that the reason why he was able to chop it down because this was an immature tree for now, and therefore it did not yet enter into the violation of chop, of, of uh, destroying Shemitah fruit. Rav Nachman, Rav Nachman had already said, Okay, we're going to mix metaphors here. We're talking about, we were talking about Shemitah, now we're talking about Orla, right? There is a prohibition, as you know, of Orla, of eating the fruit, right? The first, right, the first three years of the tree, you're not allowed to eat the fruit. Well, just like Shemitah has a fruit aspect to it, uh, because it's La'achla, you can take it off La'achla, similarly, Orla certainly has that as well. And so the, what happened with Rav Nachman? Rav Nachman quoted Rabbi Baravua, and he used to do what? He used to say that the... the uh, what, um, husks, right? The husks that are covering the matchale de arla, those husks that are covering the fruit, asire. They are also asir. Why? Okay. Since they, pre- since they protect the fruit. 
Well, so that shows you that with regards to Orla, it's not just the fruit that's a problem. It's also the covering and the peel that's the problem and the husk. And so it sounds like even when we have these isurim on fruit, it's not only the fruit that are asur, but it's even the other components of the fruit. Perhaps that also would imply that the fruit, when they're less right mature, should also be asur. Let's see. B'shomer lepeire eimasava. The question is, when is this, when does that particular fruit, the date, have this kind of husk, what Art's call called a calyx, C-A-L-Y-X, when does it have this feature that protects it? Well, the kufre, right? When the dates are very small and immature. In other words, there is a feature, niflaus aboyre, right? This is, it should be a God, every, every day is a God at all, so everything's a miracle. So the, the, the miracle of nature, as we will say, is that these dates are protected by these husks in their immature stage, and the husks protect them from the elements as they ripen, and then the husks simply fall off. Okay. So it's not so much the issue of the husks, it's the fact that we know by definition, if the husks, the calyxes, are usser, that must mean that even in this very immature stage, the dates are in fact considered orla. Even though, so we see that these fruit halachas even apply to the fruit in their very, very immature stage. As the Gemara says, that even in, when it's bekufre, which means that even it's in the very immature stage, it's still called a fruit. And therefore, Rabbi Lai's excuse could not have been, in chopping down the tree, could not have been that there was a, a very immature tiny fruit. And therefore, what was his reasoning that he could take it down? So the Gemara says, now Rav Nachman, right, this Rav Nachman who thinks that the fruit are also even in a mature stage to, to, uh, you know, with regards to either Orla or chopping down, uh, destroying Fishmita, the Amar Kareb Yoisi. He held like Rabbi Yoisi. How so? Ditanan, because we learned in the Mishnah on Orla the following. Rabbi Yoisi, Omer, Smadar, Asr, Mipneshahu, Peire. The Smadar, right, is the, the grape in its not in its very very most immature uh, form, which is the bud. The very first stage of the grape growth is the bud, which is the smadar. So that is aser mipneishahu peire. So Rabbi, that who that is who Rabbi Nachman held like. However, upligi rabbanonale. But over there, right in the Mishnah in Orla, the rabbanon said no. That it's in fact has to be more uh, mature than a smadar in order, to, in order to be considered a fruit. And therefore, now we have everything worked out. Rabbi Lai is holding like the Rabbanan and Orla, and therefore Rabbi Lai, uh, when he chopped down the tree, he chopped it down when the fruit were in the immature stage. Rabbi Yossi and Rabbi Nachman, they're, right, Rabbi Nachman's holding like Rabbi Yossi, that he matures fruit or fruit, but that's not a, right, that's not a threat to what Rabbi Lai did because Rabbi Lai was going according to the Rabbanan. Gemara, however, says, Rav Shimi had the following, uh, the, right, he had the following challenge. Okay. Machokas and Orla had to do with the grapes, right, with the vine, with the immature, the grape bud, okay? But what about with regards to other fruit, right? Because don't forget, the case of Rabbi Loi was the date. Would that machlokis also apply to the dates? Vatnan, we learn in the Mishnah in Shvius, 
Okay, so now we're finding Mishnayas here that are way closer to our Mishnah, uh, to our issue here of Rabbi Lai. Simply, the question is, when can't we cut down fruit trees during the seventh year? By the way, aren't we supposed to not be able to cut down fruit trees altogether? Um, so you're allowed to cut down a tree for wood, right? Okay. Um, where Rabari Leibowitz gets into that detail, but you're allowed to supposedly, you know, supposing you have a reason to cut it down, uh, to cut down the tree, and you're cutting it down for a good reason. So you are the the issue. You have an additional issue, which is the issue that we're addressing now, which is that Rabbi Lai has to actually worry about the fruit of Shvius. And so the Mishnah says very explicitly in Shvius in the fourth parak, so there is a threshold at which point it's considered what? An additional problem of destroying the fruit. And the Mishnah tells you when that is. He says, uh, is no surprise, is most machmir. He says, as long as they start bringing their very first leaf, the first thing that comes out, right, that happens in Nisan, that is going to be already a time where you can no longer chop down these trees for whatever um, good reason you have. Basil is going to be more makel. He's going to say it's a little bit later. The charubim, which is, as you might suspect, the carob trees, that's when they form like a kind of uh, chains around, which is later on, as that's part of the growth process of that tree. The hagefanim, as we turn to arrive at Nagimal Aleph, Mishi Igareu. Right? When the gefanim, which is the issue that we talked about in Orla, is when they form what? The size of a girua. The girua is like a, is larger, as we will see, than the smadar. The smadar is the bud. The girua is a slightly more advanced stage, we'll see. Hazesim mishe yanetsu. The, right? The olives is when this, um, nates develops around the olives. Um, right? Like this growth. Around it, okay, and that is those are the exceptions. But everything else, Beitzil actually agrees with Beitzamai that all of the trees, when their fruit comes out, that's when it's going to be. Uh, that's going to be also okay. The Amaravasi who boser who girua who pull halavan. Okay, so girua was the stage that we said. Right, that the that Beis Hillel held was the stage of the Geffen. So what's going on? Ravasi is explaining that there are that stage of Gerua has three names. You can call it Boser, which is the one that we're most familiar with, um, and right because that that has uh, in in Navi it's called Boser more uh, most um, commonly. So Boser is the one. It's the next stage after the bud. Okay. And that is what it, the Mishnah meant when it said Girua. And also there's another way to describe it, which is Pul Halavan, which is white bean. Of course, the Gemara has to digress for one second, say Pul Halavan, Wait a minute. You mean that at a certain point, the, um, right, the, the, uh, the, the, the vine is going to develop a white bean? No, 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 no. It's not an actual white bean. We're not being literal. No, it's just, that's the size of a white bean. When it reaches that stage, it's the size of a white bean. But, but the point is, here's the kasha. Says the Gemara, Uman the Amar Baiser in Smadar Rabbanan. In other words, we have our Mishnah. Our Mishnah is talking about, right, 
a machlokes about where Beis Hillel, obviously somebody holds, right? Because it's that uh, reflects in the Mishnah. Somebody holds at the time, ain't koitzitzin, our, our topic. When can you stop? When can you, does the Isser, right, uh, begin on a tree of Shvius when it reaches the stage of Boser? Well, the stage of Boser is actually, in, or Girua, or whatever you want to call it, that stage is the stage after Smadar. It's, and therefore we see clearly that there's somebody who holds that at the stage of Smadar, it's still Mutter. Aha. Uh-huh. That is where we're going with this. That's what the Gemara is saying. Who holds, so therefore who could that be that holds that it's still Mutter at Smadar? Well, obviously we already see that it's Usr at Smadar according to Rabbiosi. So it must be that who holds that it's Mutter at Smadar? Rabbanan. Aha. Veketani Sharkola Ilonis Mishayotziu. However, in that very Mishnah, right, in, right, in that very Mishnah of Shvius, where the Rabbanon hold that the Smadar is Mutter, they hold that what? That Shari Lanos, Gambe Silil, the Gambe Shamai. Everybody holds that with the rest of the fruit, they're also right away. So do you see what just happened? In other words, we said that, again, Rabbi Loi chopped down a date tree. So we said, okay, well, he chopped out a date tree because he held like the Rabbanon. He said, no, it can't be that he held like the Rabbanon. He said, wait a minute. We have a shita, right? We're just reviewing now. We have a shita, right? And that's just from Yossi's shita that these things are also even when they're in the early stage of development. Uh, but the Rabbanon are going to allow it. We said, no. We look at Shrias. The Rabbanon don't allow any of that. Yes, they're going to allow the Smadar. Yes, they're going to have machlokas with Rabbiosi with regards to Orla, that, and they're going to say that Smadar is Mutter. But even they, who hold that the Smadar is Mutter, once that Yain reaches the next stage, it's Aser, and besides which, they agree with Beishamah and Basil and with everyone that a date does not have that breakdown of the stages. A date should be, even in the immature stage, it should still should be Aser to cut down for Shvius. And therefore, we have lost our rationale for Rabbi Lai being able to chop down that tree. So now we have to give a different explanation for how Rabbi Lai was able to do this. So he says the Gemara, El Rabbi Lai benishane katz. He cut down what? A, like a sterile palm tree. The date, the, those, those dates were never going to ripen, says Rashi. Nishchane katz. Tomorrow shall dekel zachar. They call it like a male dekel. Ve'enen mispashlin ba'olamis. They're never going to grow. So there already you know that they're, they low ifsid midi. That's not considered a destruction. And it's not a destructive act because it's already a tree that's never going to grow. Okay. That was topic number one. This is what we call shari yirakos. Topic number two. Tanarabana. Now we're back to our beer deadlines, right? We already said we broke it up into regions. We're going to be asking, wait a minute. Now we're bringing other regions, other deadlines. I thought we talked about regions. So let's see. So we learned in the You could eat shemitah grapes until what? What's ochel? Ochel is food, but that's not what it means here. It's the name of a place. So you can eat shemitah grapes until the vine. Arbors of Ochel, right, are already out of season and then they don't, they don't exist anymore. Okay. So in other words, what we're doing now is we're going to name certain famous places. We're going to be Zohar to mention some places in Israel and we're going to say, that's the famous place where they have the best, most rugged, right, longest lasting of whatever kind of a fruit or vegetable. And then when they run out of it there, 
that's when you can no longer have it in Shemitah. So let's see. As, we were, as we've been saying, right, you, you can only have it when it's in season. Fine. An interesting little part of the Brisa is that it happens to be, right, that it's not like categorically, right? You're looking at Ochel as a place, and that's the only place. And as soon as they run out, then you can no longer have it no matter what. No, says the Brisa, if you happen to know of a farm where it's still in season, so you can eat it because it's still in season. Okay. Furthermore, and, that, and, and we're going to see later that that may be applied to all of them. In other words, if something is still in season uh, at a certain farm, in a certain place, then maybe you could still eat it. Let's see. So you know the famous place, Taka. That is where the deadline for the olives is. Okay. The olives is a machlokas. Some say Taka, some say Gush Chalav. Right, name of a place again. And you could actually have uh, until it's completely depleted in Gush Chalav. As it says, Right? That it's, in fact, allowed to eat olives until it's this so depleted that if an ani were to go out, he wouldn't find it anywhere. He wouldn't find an olive, not in the branches, not in the main parts, nowhere. Okay. How about the dried figs, you're wondering, Andrew? Ochlin bagrogros, there it is. Achiyichlu page base heni. Right? Until the figs in base heni are completely depleted. Fine. Now, what do you mean dry figs? So, uh, don't those just last out for, last forever? So that, that's an interesting, uh, thing. I think it's just basically talking about the figs. Um, fine. Now, base heni was unusual. So by mentioning base heni, We've brought up an unusual thing because it happens to be those figs are, uh, they're very unusual figs. Let's see. I'm a Rabbi Yehuda. That really, Page Beisini were unique. Okay, they were stunted. And, and some people wouldn't even consider them as having the status of fruit. In other words, Beisini, just like the other places, right, were known as the places where the fruits lasted the longest. So Beisini is where the, right, was where these dates lasted the longest. However, uh, the figs rather lasted the longest. However, and notice how page sounds like figs. It's another one of those. Okay, but that's not really necessarily because they were normal figs. It might be because they were unusual figs. And they were so unusual that you can't even really count them as figs for purposes of referencing them for the rest of Shemitah. As, and that's what Yehuda means. He means, that really, Indian Meiser, you could use it there over there because they paskind, ditnan, page base hini, veahini, detuvaina, chayavin, but Meiser. Right? The Mishnah over there, um, it's not, it's, it's unclear actually because it's not clear where this Mishnah is because the Masar Sashas takes out the word disnan because really it isn't a Mishnah. But the point of it matter is that it was some, some, uh, Tanaic statement that basically said, that these page beishini you do are are chayav and meiser, right? That they are in fact chayav and meiser. However, but with respect to other things, they are not considered fruit. That's the point. So you can't really use them as a fr- fr- uh, frame of reference. So I think what what the Matthias over here is the reality is that they actually last a lot longer 
than other dates, but uh, the figs. But on the other hand, they're not really considered regular figs. So yes, for perhaps for purposes of miser, you're gonna have to take you're gonna have to take off miser for them. But for the purposes of using them as a reference for shvius, you can't do that. Fine. Sixteen lines down. Then give them a aleph. Following brisa. Ochlin betamar matchiichla haacharon shebetzoar. Same topic. Tamarim dates. Okay, the last dates in Tsar. Good. You can eat based on the availability, as we said already yesterday, that only you can eat it when they're in between the branches. But once they're in the thorns, they're no longer, as we said yesterday, accessible to the wild beasts or the wild animals. And therefore, even though you can see them with your eyes, that's not considered still accessible. That's not considered in season. And they are already, that's the machlokas, whether seeing them with your eyes makes them in season or not, and eligible for Shemitah, fine. Okay, but we have a, we have a stira, or a mini. We have the other Bryce that says, Oh, wait a minute. So now we're going to bring Bryce that says that what? Uh, beforehand, we talked about regions in Eretz Yisrael, and that's how we break it down. And then we talked about specific places in Eretz Yisrael. So the Mefarshim say, according to Rabbi Leibutz, the great Tafiomi master, that really those places were just representative of those regions, and really they're the same. But now we're bringing a Brisa that talks about not places, not geography, but chronology, or meaning the season of, right, the time of year. As it says, Ochlin Banovim Pesach. That the grapes are until Pesach, the Zesim are Atzeres, the Zesim are until Shavuos, the Grogos are Chanukah, figs until Chanukah, but tomorrow is Purim, right? Tomorrow is until Purim. The Amar of Bibi, Rabbi Yochanan, Tarte Basraisa Machlif. The Rabbi Yochanan says that whatever the Tzmarim were Purim, uh, the Tzmarim were Chanukah and Grogos were Purim. But here's the thing: either way, why are we talking about times of year? Isn't it supposed to be determined based on geographically which places last the longest? So the Gemara simply answers, Yes, of course. We're talking about places. We're talking about geography. We're talking about where things last. But I'm just telling you a frame of reference for the time of year that all of these different fruits are typically in season in those places. Or if that doesn't satisfy you, Andrew, because I can see that you're, you're still bothered, so you say, Hakatani Behedja, the Bryce has said, mehen, So I could, I could give you a little more lumdus. I could give you a little more lumdus. That really, I'm just giving you frame of reference. And it's not really something that you're gonna stick to, right, uh, very firmly, but simply after. Right, the time of year are like when you could start, when you can use as a frame of reference, but it can be extended Right, in If you might recall that the first price that we quoted, that was the phrase that was used, which is to say that if you know of a place that is a little bit later than these milestones that we're talking about during the year, then you can in fact follow that a little bit longer to stretch it out um, because there are some places where it's still going to be in season. Okay, so now we're in the first wide line of Gilman of Aleph, and we say Tanya. Okay, an unrelated topic here uh, regarding trees. Reb Shimon Gamliel Omer, Simen Laharim Milin. This is an interesting idea. How do you know that you're in a mountain region? Well, Milin, gallnut trees. Simen Lahamakim Dekalim, right? The date palms are a sure sign of valleys. Simen Lahamakim Kanim, and you know that you're in a stream when you have reeds. We're going to ask, don't worry, we're going to ask, what's the Nafkamina? Why do we care? So we'll see. 
Simon Lishvela Shikma, you know that you have if you have a sycamore tree, you know that you're in the plains. Even though I'm not gonna bring you a, a bio, I'm not a botanist here, I'm not gonna give you like an earth science lesson. Uh, there's a pasuk for this. The king made silver in Yerushalayim. There was the the area was so wealthy, right? That silver was like stones. Wow. And and the cedar trees, which are very expensive, were so plentiful that they were like the sycamores that grow organically in the plains. So you see, guess what? Sycamores trees grow in the plains. Those are cheaper, obviously. Okay, now. So, what now the Gemara is going to say, We're going to say, what is the halachic implications of knowing that you're in a mountain range, right, where you have these gallnut trees, or in the valley where you have these dates? So, it has to do with Bikurim. Why? Because the Mishnah says in, Kalman, you want to guess where this Mishnah is? Excellent. Bikurim. Right. That none ain mevin bikurim elam yeshivas haminim. Okay, so you have to bring bikurim from shivas haminim, and the Mishnah says beferish. Look at that. Velomid kolim shebeharim, velomid peres shebaamakim. Amazing, fascinating thing for bikurim. We didn't know this about bikurim. Rashi, Rashi, that what? That the ain mevin elam yimakam mishubach. In other words, when you bring, bring bikurim, not only are you supposed to bring mishivas haminim, and from Right, the, the, the first fruit of the land for which the land is praised. But as part of bringing fruit from which the land is praised, you have to bring it from the region from where it most naturally organically grows. So really, the Dekalim are supposed to be in the valley. And the Peros is supposed to be like in the mountains. So don't bring me for Bikurim, Dekalim from the mountains and Peros from the valley. Isn't that amazing? So you didn't know that about Bikurim. Right, so bring it from the the natural soil where it grows best. Fine. So now, okay. So we we explain why we need to know that we're, whether we're in, we're in a valley or a mountain range. What about this idea of the kanim, the reeds? How do we need to know that it's in the in the chalim? So the gemara simon in the chalim kalim, kanim nafkamina la nachalaisan nachalaisan. You might recall, it's like a raging stream. What does it mean? It's the egla rufa. Right? When you have the Egla Rufa procedure, you have to bring the Egla down to the river, it says. So what are we learning here? It's not a river unless it has reeds next to it. In other words, how do we know that it's a river? If it has the reeds, then you know that it's a river. That's what Rashi is explaining also. Otherwise, it's not a Nachal. That is how you know that it's a Nachal, and therefore you're going to need to have reeds if you want to do this procedure of Egla Rufa. Okay, now, Simon Lashvela Shikma, what about these sycamore trees? Nafkamina Lameka Humemkar. Oh, that's, that's cheap. Right? <laughs> In other words, when you're trying to sell something, you say, oh, this is a, this is a sycamore. So how do I know? Well, because it had to have come from the plains. Right? That's what Rashi is saying. If you say, Shvela Nimochalacha, Sarach Shuba Shkamim. Uh, I said it the, the backwards way. In other words, you're selling land, you're selling plains. So you're saying, uh, would you like, I'm, so I'm in the market for planes. I want to buy just planes. So if I'm buying, and you say, you want to buy a plane? No, planes, P-L-A-I-N-S. Oh, okay, well, it's not planes unless it has a sycamore in it. 
the Gemara just points out, right? That could be true of Ono. That's always an Afkamina. <laughs> we used to do this in Yeshiva, right, with Nadarim. The Gemara sometimes says it with Nadarim. What's the Nafkamina? You can't think of a possible Nafkamina. The Nafkamina is, I'm making a Nedar that sycamores are not in the plains. Okay, well, that's a Nafkamina because. The, the, anytime you have something definitional, you could either say it's for Mecca Hamemkar or for Nadarim. Okay. Because, uh, that's an easy enough community to put up. Okay. Mishnah. Nun Gimel New stuff. Totally new stuff. Malcolm Shinagu. Okay. Well, that's, that's still within the topic because we have our Parak Malcolm Shinagu. But this is Minhagim already, more like Gibrachts, or maybe even less than Gibrachts. Some people took it on, some people didn't take it on. Malcolm Shinagu Limkar Behema Dakal Nachrim. So, Mochrim, Malcolm Shlonagu Limkar Ein Mochrim. So there was an issue whether you do what? Sell small animals to Gaim. What's the problem with selling small animals to Gaim? We'll see. Bechol Malcolm Ein Mochrim Lahem Behema Gasa. They used to have a practice, this was a Gezeira, not to sell large animals to Gaim. Why? Agalim Mishyachim Shleimim Shvurim, whether they're young, Right or whether they're healthy, that was the Tanakama. You're not going to sell them to Goyim. Rabbi Yehuda Matir B'Shvur. Rabbi Yehuda already allowed selling them if they were broken down, and B'Seira Matir B'Sus. And B'Seira allowed it uh, the sell of a horse. Okay, so what is this about? So the truth of the matter is that the Gemara isn't really going to um, address what this is about. Because really, this is a, this is an entirety, this is really handled in the Gemara in Avodazara. The same exact sort of like shtickle is said over there for two blot worth. So we have something to look forward to in Avodazara. Okay, so I'll just say the basic idea outside. And then we'll go on to the next topic of the Mishnah, um, which is what the Gemara discusses. So what basically is going on over here is the Gezeru is based on, it had to do with Shabbos mostly. That, if you look at these animals as like the cars of today, so right, so let's say you're a used car salesman. Well, everybody used to sell livestock in those days, right? That was sort of like a very common commodity. So if a guy is coming over, he wants to know that the animal, the behemagasa, can really work the land. You know what I mean? So these guys, like Saturday was their day off, and that was the day that they would go and do a lot of the buying and selling. So they would come to the Jew and they would want to know, like, is this a good animal or not? There would be this, right, irresistible sort of temptation to have to show the guy that the animal is really functional and you'd be over Shvises Behemto. You'd make, you'd show them that this ox is really a good ox and you'd be over Shvises Behemto. That is why they made a Gezerah for the Behemoth Gaza. Now, some people, as a consequence of that, were really from, and they said, you know what, just don't sell animals to Goyim altogether. So it's not really a gazera on top of a gazera. It was more like a minhug that some people followed and some people didn't on top of what it was a legitimate gazera, which was not to sell the behemoth gases. That was the point. And that is, in fact, why Rabbi Huda says that a broken down gazera is fine because you're never going to, you're not going to show off this animal anyway. So you don't have the problem with Shvisa's behemta. And the Bimbisera issue with the Sus is also very interesting because that is already a shvus, because riding a horse, which is what people use the horses for, right? You're not pulling, you're not pulling, um, a plow with a horse. So riding a horse is not like, it's only a shvus, and therefore you're not gonna make a, that would in fact be a gazera, le gazera, to say that you can't, right, sell a horse to a guy ever, because maybe on Shabbos you'll end up riding the horse. See what I mean? 
Okay, that, that's the sugya of this, of this uh, mechira. And it was like a whole issue, and it's in the Mishnayis. The question that Rabari Leibowitz, the great Tafyomi master, had to address was why this Mishnayis don't make their way into Shulchan Aruch. You don't see this ever being the case. So basically, right, on Shabbos, obviously, we're not talking about on Shabbos. We're saying during the week, right? You can't do it. Gezerah atu Shabbos. So obviously Shabbos is a, is a Gezerah of Mecca Chamemkar. We're talking about never selling to Gaim. So what are you talking about? For generations, all they did was sell these things to Gaim. So he said, no, that's because like, it's talking perhaps, perhaps he suggested a different economy. Like in other words, if when it was a totally inclusive all Jewish economy where the Gaim were coming from the outside, you didn't really rely on them. Uh, this this terutzim, but the bottom line is that that is the source of what our Mishnayos are talking about, and then there's a whole terutz of why perhaps it wasn't carried out lahalacha. Okay, but certainly the minhag of the behemadaka that that never uh, that, that that that's not our minhag. Okay, so now let's go more in Yonah Pesach of Makom Shenagu. Says the Mishnah, the second idea: Makom Shenagu lechol tzali b'leil psachim ochlein Makom Shenagu lo lechol ein ochlein. Can you eat shawarma on Pesach night that is roasted? What would be the problem? So now let's go into the Gemara. That's the issue. Right? A person can't say, this meat is going to be my carbon Pesach. Why? Because you're only allowed to eat this meat outside of your shalim. Right? I'm sorry. Right? You're only allowed to eat it in your shalim. And therefore, if you're eating it outside of your shalayim, that is obviously an iser, and we don't want to have that, um, uh, we don't have to want to do that. So you can never make any statement that makes an allusion to the fact that this is a carbon pesach, even though that wouldn't really necessarily work to make it a carbon pesach, you're making it, um, seem like you're doing it outside of your shalayim. Okay. Amar papa dafka basar, This would only be true, right, of meat. But if you're talking about wheat, so that's okay. You could say the wheat is for Pesach, the mint or the fiscal kamar. Because you say that it has to be, all you're saying is that it has to be guarded for Pesach for the matzah. So you're not really designating it as hekdesh, so then that's an issue. That's, right? That's not an issue for them. So the Gemara says, uvas are low, and you can't designate meat for Pesach. Mesve, Yomar Biosi, Todos each Romi. We're going to talk about this guy, Todos. Todos was the name of a person. He was a very prominent person, actually. As we'll see, there's, there's something famous that we learned that you may not have realized that we learned, that we learned from this individual Todos. Um, so, by the way, Birnbaum was very fascinated. It shows how early the Jews were in Rome. You know, we have a Nusach Sfard and a Nusach Ashkenaz, but there's a Nusach that predates them both, the Nusach Italki, that's supposedly from the Bais, from the time of the Gemara. That's what, in other words, when, when Todos lived in Rome, uh, what Nusach was his sitter? Well, it couldn't have been Sfard or Ashkenaz, because those didn't exist yet. The Jews hadn't spread out to there yet. So what was he davening? So they say that that's that which they, the Romans are still in Rome. They're still davening it today. So that's what Todos, that's what his sitter was, Nusach Rome. Anyway, so what was the custom of the people in Rome, right? The Jews got there real early. Lechel gedayim mekulasim psachim. They used to eat, what? It's the... The gedi, right? They used to eat basically the carbon pesach, the the young animal with the entrails, entrails on the side, right? On pesach night, which is to say, they used to do like a simulation of the carbon pesach. Wait a minute, they used to do a simulation of the carbon pesach in Rome. This is terrible. This is not the problem. We're talking about kachim, right? Outside of Yerushalayim. 
That's the word. In other words, that's way worse than saying, oh, I'm going to have roasted meat. This is like they're actually doing like a machon mikdash simulation. So shalchulo, the rabbi said to todos, if you weren't todos, who's so chashev, we would have already put you in cheren for doing this. Because you're causing, right, Israel, the, over there, the Roman community over there is eating like kachim b'chutz. So the Gemara says, what do you mean? Kachim salakadaytach? What do you mean kachim? This wasn't kachim. Ema, uh, the Gemara answers, was returned to the Gimel Abbas, karav l'achaz Yisrael kachim b'chutz. Yeah, you're making it like you're, it's, 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 you're simulating eating kachim b'chutz. In Pennsylvania, near where you go, Barry, don't they have the, the I've been there, uh, near the Amish, they have, uh, they have the Mishkan. You ever go out there? I went there, I did. The Mennonites have um, a Mishkan there. You gotta check it out, Andrew. Road trip. It's, um, so, um, they, they, they're very into the Mishnayas and Midos. They did the exact dimensions of the Mishkan. They have an actual tabernacle out in the middle of nowhere where Barry goes every day. Anyway. So, Mikulas in, She'ain Mikulas Lo. Okay, now, the implication of the Jews of Rome was, this is kind of, sort of a kasha. This was part of a question. The question was, the Todos did a full simulation of the Korban. Sounds like if you didn't make a full simulation, that's what it means, She'ain Mikulas, if you didn't make a full simulation of the Korban Pesach, it would be okay. That that, was the, that that was the issue. Well, you could say, the Gemara simply says, Amin Mikulas, no, that's not necessarily the only problem. We could say like this. This is how we're going to explain, reconcile this problem of our Mishnah with the practice of Todos as follows. In other words, our Mishnah was saying that you can't say this is for a Korban Pesach when you're eating like a shawarma that's roasted. So what, how, does the, how do you reconcile with Todos as follows? If you're doing like a full simulation, like a Machonamik Dash or a Mennonite Lahavdil um, simulation of the Karben Pesach, so then it doesn't matter. Loshna Amar, Loshna Lomar. It doesn't matter what you say. You don't have to say this meat is for Pesach because it's clear that what you're doing is simulating the Karben Pesach and you should not be doing that. That should be also in any event. She'enu Mekulos, but if all you're doing is eating it in a, in a right, in a lafa, right? All you're doing is eating it. So then, pirish in, low, pirish low. Then the isr would depend not on, right, the, how it looks, this simulation of the carbon pesach, but simply whether you said the words, this is for carbon pesach. That's the isr. Okay. Right? Is this, is this related to, 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 to the seder? Where we're, we're careful not to say that this is carbon pesach when we have the zroa? Presumably that's, uh, that's, that's this, right? That's quote, yeah, this actually did, this minhag did make it to Shulchan Aruch, right? We really do not want to, um, we don't want to, uh, right, give a chashash that we're, we're, we're doing these kachim bachutz. The Karm Pesach, it, we, we await, maybe we be zocha, to bring the kachim in Yerushalayim and eat them, and eat the Karm Pesach in Yerushalayim this year, Bezrat Hashem. Amen. Okay, uh, Andrew's Amen is on a delay, because he's like in a FaceTime Zoom here, okay. So, right, so four lines down in Nungil and Bez, we say like this. Ravacha Masne La Laha Masnisa Bishimon. Okay. So Ravacha taught this Bryce of Todos, and he said that that was according to Rabbi Shimon. I can understand that that if you teach the Bryce like Ryosi Nicha, I could say that that Todos, right, was causing a problem for the Jews. Can you say that that Todos problem was a problem according to Shimon? Why? We learned the following Mishnah in Menachos as follows. Rabbi Shimon Poter, 
What's going on here? Well, korban nedava. When you when you're when you are doing a korban nedava, right, a voluntary korban, and you're volunteering a mincha, right, so you're volunteering carbs. Okay, so it has to be wheat. The korban nedava was never barley. So if a person says, "I'm going to volunteer barley," this is what that mishnah over there is talking about. If Am says, I'm going to volunteer barley, he's not being misnadev kederecha misnavim. In other words, it doesn't count for anything. We see that it's only usser if his words are literal, right? If his words are what they're supposed to be. That's the, that's the issue. In other words, if, if the words are literal, then that's a problem. Okay. So, Amalei Ravina Larvashi, Uman de and who teaches it that it's according to Ravyosi? Minicha. In other words, does it fit to say that Todos was was actually going to cause the Jews to eat the carbon pesach? The Amar Af Bigmar Dvarv Adam Nitpas. Bigmar Dvarv Adam Nitpas is talking about that you even with the way right that you talk, that's considered to be an a part of your declaration. So what's going on here is as follows: They had a discussion, and it starts again in Mishnayos and Menachos, right? Whether a person's actual words when he's making these nadavos, whether you can catch yourself in your own words, and there's two ways to look at it. One way to look at it is, if you say something that is non-ideal, like you're, you're volunteering barley, so, we, so one way to say is that it's not a volunteering of a carbon nadava at all, and we disqualify the whole thing. Another way to say it is, no, we take you literally, and by taking you literally, then now you're going to be over a problem. So which is it? Do we hold like Rabbi Shimon or like Riyasi? So we say, my love made Rabbi Shimon suffer like Riyasi. Isn't it reasonable that since Rabbi Shimon holds like Rabbi Yossi to say that the words are literal, that Rabbi Yossi nami suffer like Rabbi Shimon, that Rabbi Yossi also is going to hold like Rabbi Shimon? In other words, if the full literal meaning has, right, is going to, is going to inform, right, the work that you're doing, then as part of the korban, then this korban didn't resemble a korban Pesach. In other words, right, again, when they're making this korban, when todos, now we're, now we're relating it back to todos. If todos, right, needed to express that this is a korban Pesach in order for it to be part of the korban, so then, even though todos put up this um, simulation, by not saying his words, it doesn't really resemble the korban Pesach. So as before, Right, we tried to give a raya. We said those are two separate things. When you have a total simulation, you don't have to say anything. You're still in violation. Here we're saying no. It's a machlokas Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Shimon, or maybe we're trying to put them together. We're going to see. But the point is, there is it's an it's an issue as to whether you leave out the declaration, whether that actually impacts whether we take the declaration seriously or not with respect to the iser. So says the Gemara. Lo, Rabbi Shimon savalaka Rabbi Yossi. That's interesting. In other words, you can't ignore what they say, right? Everybody holds like Rabbi Yossi, that when you make a declaration of a korban, you can't ignore what they're saying. But um, Rabbi Yossi doesn't hold, have to hold like Rabbi Shimon. Why? Because of this concept of Ein Adam Moitzi Dvarav Levatala. Ein Adam Moitzi Dvarav Levatala means, right, that Rabbi Yossi could have been the author of that brisa, because after all, when a person talks, he's not saying things just for Stam. And so if he were to talk, we evaluate what he's saying. So which is to say, 
that if you say something, then we're going to sort of like anything you say can be used against you because Okay, but if you don't say anything, it still could be usher the way that Todos had explained. Okay, so now, getting back to Todos just to finish up, right, we have a few minutes. Um, we said that the Chazal didn't want to excommunicate Todos because he was prominent in the Jewish community. So now the Gemara is going to talk about where he uh, achieved this high status of respect. And it's going to be a daf yomi coincidence. A famous idea that comes up in this week's Parsha that you probably were aware of. It was actually the statement of Todos himself. Watch this. Ibailu. They were asking in the base Medrash, Todos Yishromi Gava Rabba Hava, Obala Grofen Hava. Like, in other words, we said that he was a great man. Did we mean like he's like a Talmud Chacham? Or that he's just a great man, like we don't want to put him in Cherim because he's going to come and kill us because he's very powerful. Baal Egrofen, a fisted individual, okay, that's going to come in with fisticuffs and beat us up. So the answer is, Tashma, Odzu Darash Todos Yishromi. This is a raya that he's a Talmud Chacham because this was the Drash of Yishromi. Ma ro chananya mishal ve'azariya shemasra atzma makadusha z'shem l'kifshan ha'esh. Famously, right, these last neviim, they threw themselves al kedushas Hashem, a kedush Hashem, into the kifshan ha'esh based off the following kal v'chomer. Says Todos, nasu kal v'chomer ba'atzman mitzvardeim. They made a kal v'chomer from the tzvardeya of the ten plagues. Umat tzvardeim shein mitzuvim al kedushas Hashem. Ksibu Rashi quotes this in the Parsha, right? Um, does this sound familiar, Andrew? Matzvardeim shem mitzum akadushas Hashem ksibu valu uvo bevesecha uvesan recha meshos secha. Right? Nobody gave the the frogs and and the reptiles a specific command to go into the ovens. However, the pasuk says uvesan recha uvemishar osecha. It talked about what. The Misharasecha are the kneading bowls where you knead the dough. The Tanurecha are the ovens. The frogs made the following deduction. When do you ever have dough next to an oven? Well, that's when the ovens are hot. In other words, who, no, no, no. <laughs> the Kavah Chomer was, uh, was, was made by Michal, uh, Chananya Michal Vazaria. They made the following Kavah Chomer. They said, wait a minute. Mishoros and Tanuros means that the frogs jumped into the ovens in order to what? To, to be enthusiastic to do the Ratzon Hashem. Because the, only, the ovens must have been hot because the dough was next to them as alluded to in the Pasuk. So it says, uh, since we see from the Pasuk alluded to the fact that the frogs jumped in to the Tanurim in order to carry out the Ratzon Hashem in the most fervent way, and the frogs were not Metzuvah, but we are Metzuvah to make a Kiddush Hashem, therefore, wow, therefore we, have, we should certainly um, jump in as well. And Rabbi, so that was Todos' greatness. And Rabbi Yosef Bar Matil Malai Lechis Shel Todos was not not only was was this beautiful Dvar Torah attributed to Todos. Also, he was a big supporter of Tamid Chachamim. Tamar Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Yochanan, the great Torah scholar from Eretz Yisrael, said, Matil Malai Lechis Anybody who supports Torah scholarship, 
He is sitting Bishiva Shamala with those Torah scholars that he's supporting. Because it says to sit in the shelter, right, of the Chachma is to sit in the shelter of money. Right, this is from Koheles. What it really means is that the people who donate to, to the yeshivas are sitting in yeshiva shamala with those people who are in the yeshivas. And we will do, we will resume with a lot of famous agarata tomorrow, Bezat Hashem.